0: This, this is and Rock and Roll, and Roll English.
1: English. Real people, real, real English. English. Here's your host, Martin Johnson. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rock and Roll English, episode number 315, baby. Oh yeah. And in today's episode we have a special, special guest. Someone famous in the English teaching world. But the English teaching world is international, so she is also internationally famous. So, I speak to Anna from English Like a Native. Have you heard of her? Probably yes. Now, I wanted to get her on the podcast for a very, very, very long time. And there's a very R&R story, let's say, about Me trying to get her on the podcast that you will hear at the very beginning of the podcast. So I am very happy to finally have her here. And we speak about something which maybe is not so well known outside of the UK, which is the North-South divide in England, because there is a North-South divide, because there are many differences between the North and the South of England. So it's one of those rock and roll English episodes where you may actually learn something and not just talking about pooing. So quickly before we start, I am doing another YouTube live this Thursday. So Thursday, the 26th of October at 8 p.m. UK time, 9 p.m. in Europe. But if you can't make it live, don't worry, you can obviously watch it later. And we will analyze the language from the podcast, break things down and especially connected speech. This is something which everyone really enjoyed in the last live. So make sure you don't miss it. And of course, if you have difficulty understanding anything from this episode, or at work or films or wherever, don't forget to check out my online course, Jungle Listening, which is the only course on the market which breaks down fast-spoken jungle English and transforms it into something simple and learnable. So click the link in the podcast you are listening to right now to check it out or below in this YouTube video because, yes, I forgot to mention... This podcast is on YouTube too, so if you're listening to the podcast version, go to YouTube if you want to see my face and Anna's face. Maybe you probably don't want to see my face so much, and I understand that, but maybe Anna's, so go to YouTube and check it out. Anyway, that is enough of me talking. Here is the episode. Happy listening. Hello, Anna, and welcome to Rock and Roll English.
0: Hello, thank you for having me.
1: It is an absolute pleasure to have you and I couldn't not mention this, okay? I'm sorry, and I have to mention this. I sent Anna a message in 2017, I said, hi Anna, I, I like your staff, blah, 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 would you like to come on the podcast? And I didn't get a response, but I thought that was normal because you were and are, like you've got a much bigger following, I'm sure, it went to your <laughs> spam thing and then out of the blue a few months ago, six years later, I got a response. Yeah. Hi, Martin. That would be great. Uh, So it was unbelievable. We must have set some kind of record there. Anna.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm quite well known for delayed responses, but that has to be an absolute (laughs) record. I I think I I don't know how Instagram works in terms of how it sorts your messages, but I do get overwhelmed with messages. So I just don't see all of them. And then it seems to have this kind of uh, like highlighted section now when you first go into your DMs where it kind of pulls up any messages you haven't looked at. And so I've obviously gone through a number of messages recently and just brought yours back up to the top. And I didn't I didn't even recognise the fact that it was from six years previous.
1: Yeah, I actually had to highlight that to you because I thought, has she not seen that? Because it does have the date on it and it said, like, it does. I don't know, September 2017. Because I had to double check and I thought, did I? contact her again recently and I, so I looked at the message like no that was from 2017 right yeah. okay
0: yeah very embarrassing it's good that you've got a good sense of humor and I was like oh my goodness me how did I miss that but I'm glad that you know we finally made it work
1: exactly yeah good things come to those who wait so yeah I am delighted to have you here on the podcast so thanks very much um, so I'm sure actually most people know you so just a quick intro um, about you so tell us who you are what you do like I said I'm sure most people have heard of you already but for those that haven't
0: Yes, I'm Anna. I'm Anna from English Like a Native. I'm on most social platforms, primarily uh, on podcast now in the English Like a Native podcast and YouTube. Um, As the name will suggest to most of you, I'm a native English speaker and I teach native English as in full of grammatical errors because we often speak with grammatical errors. I cover a lot of dialect and accent um, with many accent tutorials because we have a variety of accents in this country and a lot of idiomatic English and I just try and make learning fun and ordinary so it's not like textbook English or ordinary classroom English it's just just chit chats really just how kids learn you just listen to it and hopefully it'll sink in
1: exactly and that's exactly what we do here on rock and roll English so you are the perfect guest. To have, um, so you actually mentioned there about lots of like different accents and things in the UK. So, correct me if I'm wrong here. You were born in the north, but you now live in the south of England. That's correct, yeah.
0: Yes, yes. I've I've moved over to the dark side, <laughs> yeah. as some Northerners would say. Um, yeah, I was born in a small town called Southport, which is, I think, technically. Merseyside yeah, so I it's near so. To Liverpool um, and I was I brought I was brought up mostly around Manchester mm-hmm. um, and yeah then when I was uh, in my 20s I moved down to London for studying uh, and haven't really left I've kind of moved away from the city a little bit but stayed in the south I can't really imagine going back up north these days
1: right interesting now lots of people I'm not sure how well this is known in other countries so talking about specifically England there is a north-south divide no so Mm -hmm. the main thing the reason I say there is I actually remember I did this in school for an economics project about the north-south divide because like economically a house I'm sure you will know this probably where you grew up like near Manchester would cost a lot less then it costs probably where you live now, no?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Generally, the further south you go in this country, the more expensive everything (laughs) is. So it's always a pleasure when we go on holiday, like we have a staycation in the UK and we we go maybe to Wales or we go up north to the Lake District or somewhere. It's always a pleasure travelling up north because the petrol becomes cheaper, the food becomes cheaper. You know, everything is just cheaper. But yeah, housing... Housing, particularly around the capital, is insane. Mm. Like, there, I used to dream about the day I could buy my own house because we have a thing in this country about owning our own house, which is a bit crazy. Um, and I used to think when I was 21, yeah, you know, by the time I'm 30, I'll own a house. <laughs> Not even, near, I'm 41 now. The, I'm nowhere near owning my own house. I don't think I ever <laughs> will be able to because I'm just priced out. That
1: is exactly the same as me. This is why I still ask myself, whether it was a good idea to move back to the uk i had a lovely life in italy sea view lovely apartment my own apartment moved back to the uk and yeah it's it's a dream to
0: why did you move
1: back Let's not get into that. We could have a okay. podcast okay. about that. Because I'm
0: desperate to move to Italy. Like, that's my dream is to go and and live over there.
1: So many people say that same thing to me. And that's, again, why I, I ask myself, what am I doing? <laughs> um, so, yeah, there clearly is a north-south divide. In fact, as my teacher told me in school, because I wanted to do my project on is there a north-south divide? And he said to me, that's a ridiculous title because I can tell you now there is because of like prices and I also found something very strange at school when I was doing this this was in economics one of the things that we measure this by so like house prices but another one is the cost of beer which I think is a reflection of our country (laughs) our culture (laughs) exactly that one of the measurements we have of how much things cost is a pint of beer which yeah down south now is like five pound
0: yeah It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. When, like, you know, when I'm pricing my products or my services, I'm always like, oh, is it too expensive to ask someone to spend a five? And I'm like, you wouldn't even get a a drink or a sandwich for that price. (laughs) Like, actually, it's not that much. I mean, you know, it's relative to everyone's situation, but... Yeah, down here, it's expensive to eat out or Mm. get a beer or whatever.
1: Absolutely. Everything. Breathing is expensive. Yeah. Um, So I thought you would be a great person to talk about some other aspects of this, because as I said, we're not going to go into our houses more expensive in the north because they clearly are. So we're going to look at some other like stereotypes, let's say, because not only like economic differences, there are differences in... Like the way people are and the way northerners look at southerners and the way mm-hmm. southerners look at northerners. So we're going to look at a few of these and have a chat about from our experience, whether they are true or not. Obviously, I don't think, don't take this as gospel. <laughs>
0: Hoping not to offend anyone. Yeah, of course. No offence needed, meant.
1: Just from our experience. OK, so the first one is northerners are real men what do you Um, find have you found this to be true now real men obviously we're going by the like stereotypical real man big strong can drink lots of beer knows how to like if you buy something knows how to put it together like a cupboard or something like that what's your experience of this
0: so there's lots of images flicking through my mind now of all the men that I know who are not kind of southern or kind of scattered around the north of England mm-hmm. and the ones that I know from London And you know I think no stereotype is the is the overall rule. there mm. are lots of exceptions oh, of but I, I think, I think the reason the stereotype exists is because there's, uh, in the past particularly, there was a lot more industry,
1: Mm, a a physical
0: industry Mm. in the North. You know, the mining, for example, you know, these these men were doing very physical work, mining all the the coal and stuff like that. Um, And whereas if you came to London, you were coming to do academic study and, and things around finance. It's the financial mm. hub, it's the capital. So people here sit in offices mostly. You don't come mm. to London to work in a mine. You come to London to sit in an office in a suit and not do much. So I think that's possibly where the stereotype has come from.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think that is. Yeah.
0: And I, I, you know, my partner works in finance and I, I, He's not like your big muscular uh, type of guy, but he can make a shelf. In fact, he's made like window seats. He's very handy with a saw. Okay. Yeah. If there's anything that needs doing in the house, if there's a leak or, you know, electronics or whatever, I'm like, you know, Nick, can you, can you have a look at that? Because I'm sure you'll figure it out. And so I think he's a, he's a, he's a a proper man. He's a real man. But then I've had previous boyfriends from the South who couldn't, wouldn't know what to do with a hammer. And you know
1: that i would be in that category of people when there right. is something to do luckily my dad's really good and my wife's dad is really good at these things so generally call them like hold the hammer for them an important job which is sometimes <laughs> like overlooked yeah um
0: you're the you're the like typical you're the tool belt oh yeah that's what you exactly. are <laughs> exactly is it you're a southerner right yeah of course yeah
1: so I, yeah i'm i'm grew up and live in Essex so um, and maybe it's just because you kind of attract people similar to you but my group of friends we are all definitely we would not pass a test to be a real man absolutely right okay so
0: you're all Essex lads 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 but not very good with a hammer
1: definitely not so in fact like from my experience I remember being like on holiday and like making friends with some northerners and we would always have this like north-south banter etc and our impression of them was always like whoa they are real men <laughs>
0: like, oh, really were they better drinkers than you
1: oh my god a hundred percent so much so once I was in Germany with a friend and we got to the point because of in Germany we're drinking I can't remember what they're called like the really big beers
0: a tankard or something
1: so tankard yeah so we got to the point where we were actually having difficulty even lifting them (laughs) let alone drinking them because (laughs) we after a few of them yeah let's say we, we were feeling a bit dizzy um so yeah they were drinking us under the table they were bigger and stronger luckily we'd made friends with them so um uh, it it wasn't any, we didn't have any problems, but yeah, our impression of them was very much like whoa, the that's a man, that's a man. We we were impressed by them. Um And another time we went to Blackpool, which um, uh, apologies from anyone from Blackpool, but I must admit I think it was the worst place I've ever been to in my whole <laughs> life. Everyone there was on a stag do or hen do except us, mm-hmm. and
0: that, that's what it's famous for. Yeah. That's that's it's the big place to have your stag do or your hen do,
1: and. I remember we on the Saturday thought right let's do something in the day so we were as well like twenty five something like this so we decided to go swimming to the in the local leisure centre right and oh
0: right not in the sea I was going to say <laughs> no 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 swimming in Blackpool sea
1: the local leisure centre walking down and seeing everyone like already on the beers drinking and just thinking like this is this is too much for us this these Northerners. Um, so, so in my opinion, that stereotype is true. Um, so going to the next one difference in weather because this, so I can see you nodding there. It's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my friends, she moved out of the city, London city to move up to Cambridge where she was originally from. So her family's there. She moved back to Cambridge. I was like, that's fine. I understand that. And then she said to me recently, actually, I'm thinking of moving up to Yorkshire. And I was like, and she said the reason was because she was feeling quite depressed where she was. And I was like, but do you realize in Yorkshire, it's going to rain so much more. And if you're feeling depressed now, just stick yourself alone in a, in a, a place where you don't know anyone with loads more rain. You're going to feel even worse. But it's the temperature as well. The temperature is always, you know, a good five degrees difference right. between true north You know, when you're getting up like north of Manchester, you're going to get about five degrees difference between the temperature in London and the temperature up there. So, uh, whenever I'm doing a staycation, no matter how hot it feels where I am in London, I always pack like a number of layers for going up north. Because even though it says it's summertime, lots of sunshine, like, no, I'm not going to be deceived. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy and there's probably going to be some rain.
1: Yeah, no, that's interesting because that again is was my experience of going to the north. But I found it strange that like when I've been on stag do's and things, so cities in the north, like with my friends, like there's always a few jokes about the weather as if we come from like Barbados where it's like, <laughs> It's like 30 degrees and sunshine every day, which is clearly not.
0: Yeah. But London's in a, it's in a bit of a a dip, I think. Right. Geography, if my geography serves me, we're in a bit of a dip. So there's, there's not much like wind, we're kind of sheltered. And so I think it kind of warms up a bit more here than anywhere else because of that. We're not as exposed.
1: Right. Interesting.
0: Perhaps. But the whole country is known as like the, you know, the green, green, the green pastures. And and we're so green in this country because of all the rain. So we've got to be thankful for that. Otherwise, we'd we'd be a completely different country, I think, so without all the grass be, and the sheep.
1: Be, <laughs> be thankful for the rain, because, again, having lived in Sicily, it is sometimes tough because... Like before I never, it, the weather never bothered me in the slightest, but having lived in a sunny country where sometimes like you get really sunny days in even December and January and I would go right. to the beach, not necessarily get in the water, but have a nice walk and being like a t-shirt, obviously not all the time, but once you have had that for so long. So then when I come here and hear my friends like talking about how bad the weather is in the north, I sometimes think it's not great here though is it
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's certainly unpredictable yeah and that's that's the only problem with deciding to have a a staycation here is that you even no matter especially this year we haven't had a summer this year you just can't rely on the weather to be
1: nice that's exactly why i i don't really know the like the uk so well because i always thought if i'm going on holiday like, I, I want a bit of sunshine. So, and it's equally as expensive to go somewhere in the UK, like, as it is to go abroad. So, generally, my yeah. experience would al, would always be go abroad. So, I don't actually know much of my own country at all. But, for example, Italy, I've seen almost all of it, like, all of the big right. cities. But in, in, in England, especially, hardly anything at all. Um, okay, so, here's another one. Again, really common stereotype, this... Is it true? Northerners are more friendly. What do you think?
0: I agree with that. Yeah. As a general blanket rule, mm-hmm. um, particularly particularly compared to London. Oh,
1: yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: So, you know, down here we have a much more kind of, is cosmopolitan the right word? We have a mix of cultures. Yeah. You know, people coming to the UK tend to think, I'm going to go to London, I'm going to go to London, I need to be in the South, mostly. And so we have, if you go into London, you rarely actually hear the true Cockney accent. Of course. You hear accents from all, like international accents, uh, and and people from all over the UK as well, down, down in London. And so... Um, oh, what was your question again? I've just done that money brain thing. I've completely <laughs> that, lost my thread. That northern is a yeah, friendly. Yeah. Um, and so th- I think there is a little bit of like loss of that community because you're, it's a big city and people come in and out very quickly. I lived in London and moved around London a lot. So I was in one place for six months and I'd move again. And so there's not really a strong community sense within london or even the surrounding areas because people if they are there and they're staying there for a long time they're just trying really hard to stay in the rat race yeah. it's so expensive so people just kind of keep themselves to themselves and i've noticed living where i live on the suburbs uh on the outskirts of london i found it i try so hard to make friends here and it's like pulling teeth <laughs> it's like trying to get a bl- like blood out of a stone it's so difficult to make friends and we have children to use as assets for friend making and it's still so difficult um whereas up north uh, the further north you go especially when you go out to the smaller towns and villages there's very much a a community sense and not just the north i'd say over in never each ready did we over in the (laughs) the southwest you know cornwall those kind of areas where you still have those villages there is a community sense there so people tend to be more friendly when they feel more Established, they know the people in their environment. So when, so when a stranger walks in, they smile and they go, "Morning, all right, you're right." Um, here to look someone in the eyes, like you just don't do it. You know, you're on the bus, you're on the tube, you don't look at people. If someone looks at you, you think they're strange. Like, what do you want? He's going to mug me, <laughs> you know. So I, I think it's true.
1: No, I, I actually totally agree with you from my experience. Again, even on that holiday, for example, these northern lads. When we were staying in a hostel, they were very friendly towards us. Like we would never have like initiated like a conversation with someone else. Like oh my god, we don't know this person. So yeah, I I totally agree with basically everything you said. And it can be really difficult to make friends here. But I can't not mention the fact that you said never eat shredded wheat to remember your <laughs> northeast southwest. <laughs> That's how what's what we do in the UK how to remember it but I hadn't heard that in such a long as soon, such a long yeah. time as soon as you said that I thought wow that is yeah. amazing
0: I'm because I'm dyslexic I'm dyslexic with directions and with colors and some numbers I switch around but I always forget like my left from my right, right. and my direction so I have to I have to do that you move in a clockwise direction and that works yeah
1: yeah. So, yeah, again, I, I, I have to agree with that. But uh, like you said, especially in London and I've, I'm i the same like when I go into London, I immediately just become like really I, I was in London at the weekend and I was going up the escalator and someone was on the left just standing there when they shouldn't have been because obviously right. you stand on the right, don't you? But if you want to walk quickly, go on the left and someone was just there and I was thinking I was fuming i had like steam coming out of my ears and then i noticed she even had a, a pram with a child in there so i thought oh, I, I can't i can't tell her to move but i was still thinking what are you doing like just immediately i just become one of those horrible people as soon as i'm in london so um,
0: first world problems eh? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> uh, so yeah we agree on that one Okay, so we are going to stop the episode there for today and continue this tomorrow in the rock and roll English family membership area. So, if you would like to continue listening to the conversation where we talk about accents and lots of other things, and Anna tells us a real R and R story that involves a misunderstanding and a man. Taking off his underwear. So, if you would like to listen to the rest of the episode, go to rockandrollenglish.com, click become a member, and follow the instructions. Remember, by becoming a member, you will also get access to more than one thousand, yes, one thousand extra episodes of Rock and Roll English, weekly online lessons with me. You will build a close personal relationship with me and with lots of people around the world and a million other benefits. So yes, remember rockandrollenglish.com, click become a member. So for a quick recap of the vocabulary, because we will look at some of this in more detail on Thursday at the Facebook Live, remember 8 p.m. UK time, and we will also look at the connected speech features, but just a quick recap. So Anna said at the beginning of the podcast that she gets overwhelmed with messages. So when you're overwhelmed with something, with messages, it's like you don't know what to do. It's almost confusing. There are so many messages and probably that's why you end up responding six years later to a message. So I then said, good things come to those who wait. Very simple to understand. I'm just remembering, I'm just reminding you of this so that you can use it too. Anna also mentioned that when she has a staycation, a lovely word there. I think that's quite a new word, actually, which means you go on holiday, but you stay in your own country. And she also mentioned about buying her own house that she is priced out of the market. So the costs of houses are so high in the UK that she can't afford it like me. Us English teachers, unfortunately, don't earn so much money. So she is priced out and I am priced out. So I then mentioned... Not to take everything we say on this podcast as gospel. okay? this is just two people having a chat. We are not experts or anything like that. And Anna then said that her partner knows how to put a cupboard together. A lovely term there. So when you buy something, you usually have to put it together. Something that I am not very good at. Anna also mentioned that when she thinks of men that she knows scattered around the north of England. So scattered like one in Newcastle, one in Liverpool, one in Manchester, one in Leeds. This is scattered a bit here and there, let's say. Then she mentioned her partner is very handy with a saw. So the saw is the thing that you use to cut wood. (laughs) And if you are handy, it means you are very good at that thing. So I am definitely not handy with a saw. I did mention, though, holding a hammer is an overlooked job. So people don't really value it for what they should. We also had a tankard of beer. So a tankard is that big glass, that really big one, which does even get difficult to hold after you've had A few of them. And then we mentioned, sorry, I mentioned that I was having difficulty holding it, let alone drinking it. A lovely term there, let alone. And I also mentioned these northern lads, northern men, were drinking us under the table. A very British expression to say someone can drink more than you. You drink them under the table. I mentioned I went to Blackpool and everyone was on a stag do or hen do, which, remember, is the party you have before you get married. And there was the local leisure centre. Now, if you go to a leisure centre, normally you can go swimming. Maybe you can play badminton. Maybe you can go ice skating. Normally has all of these different things that you can do. And I said when we came out of the leisure centre, it was like 3, 4 p.m. And we saw everyone already On the beers. Notice that as well. On the beers. And then Anna said when she has a staycation, she will not be deceived. So she will not be tricked. And she always packs lots of layers. So if I am wearing a T-shirt, a jumper and a jacket, that would be three layers. She also mentioned London is in a dip. So think of a dip when you dip your biscuit into some tea of that like going down. London is in a dip. If you are watching the YouTube video, I am making a perfect hand movement of a dip. <laughs> so go and watch the YouTube video. And I mentioned before I moved to Italy, the weather in the UK never bothered me in the slightest. And lovely term there as well. It didn't bother me at all. It didn't bother me in the slightest. And Anna mentioned as well that everyone down south is just trying to keep themselves in the rat race. This is a term we use in the UK. I think also in America, the rat race of just going to work nine to five to try and pay the mortgage on your house. This is known as the rat race. So she mentioned it's difficult to make friends. So trying to Speak to people, get a conversation is like trying to get blood from a stone. Something very difficult if you've ever tried to do that. And obviously the same as talking to people from down south like me. I even have difficulty saying down south. I still say down south with a sound. I have to really think about that to not do that. Anyway, so that's all of the vocabulary. If you are listening to the podcast version, remember to check out either the YouTube version or go to rockandrollenglish.com. Click podcast episodes and all of the vocabulary will be there as well as lots of links to find Anna in case you don't know where to find her, and a free pronunciation masterclass that she is offering directly to you. Don't forget YouTube Live Thursday, this Thursday, 20-something of October at 8pm UK time. I will see you all very soon, people. Thank you very much for listening, but in the meantime